Amen. Amen. So glad you are here and you guys are joining me live tonight. Um, I have changed rooms, hoping that it will help with the connection. Uh, so again, I apologize about yesterday. Um, normally it's a good connection, but again, uh, I'm sure my Wi-Fi wasn't acting very well. Um, so I've changed rooms. We'll try it here. If not, I'll go to your houses. I'll go to the byways, whatever, to get the message out. Um, the message must be heard. Um, anyway, I want to uh, thank you for joining us here on a Sunday night. Um, I'm going to be looking at uh, a very familiar story uh, for all of us. Uh, but before we start, I do want to pray. I want to pray over this broadcast. I want to pray for all those who are listening and chiming in. And uh, we just want to go ahead and pray that God would be present and that we would have ears and an open mind to hear what God has in store for us. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We glorify you. Thank you, God, for such a glorious day. Thank you, Jesus, for the beautiful warm weather. Uh, so grateful, Jesus, to be able to spend time with family. I pray, God, that you begin to touch our congregation, those who are listening, wherever they are, Lord God, in their um, cars or at work or at home or with family. God, that your spirit would minister to them, Jesus. You're not limited, Lord God, by distance, Jesus. We pray that you be with us in this service and open up our hearts, God, to hear from you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, amen. So I want to I want to talk about a, a very familiar story, and I want to read it kind of verse by verse. Um, I'm looking at Numbers uh, chapter 13, uh, and I'm going to be looking at chap uh, verse 17. So uh, Numbers chapter 13, verse 17. And again, I'm reading the net version. Uh, I kind of like that net version. Uh, I'm a little biased, um, but uh, so we'll go from there. So if you want to, if you read another version, it's fine. But uh, if, if there's a di discrepancy, just know that I'm reading the net version. Um, so we're going to look at uh, verse 17. And um, so Numbers 13, 17. It, so this story, I love to give, like, get some context here. It's actually, it talks about the spies. So here is the, the 12 spies that, Moses sends out to scope out the land. They've finally been in the desert. They've been wandering. They've been going around. And finally, they get to the promised land. And, and Moses said, you know, sends these 12 spies. And this is kind of where the story comes in. It's about these spies going in and, and doing some uh, reconnaissance and looking to see what is this land like and what is the enemy like and what is, what is the vegetation like? What is the, you know, what, are, what plants grow and uh, where are the water sources? And so kind of like a very, very detailed analysis of, of, of the land of Canaan, the promised land that was originally theirs. It was originally Abraham's. And so, but they left and went to Egypt and were there for about 400 years. And now they're coming back. Uh, of course, they're a lot bigger now, uh, more people. So verse 17, when Moses sent them to investigate the land of Canaan, he told them, go up through the Negev and then up into the hill country and see what the land is like and whether the people who live in it are strong or are weak? Are they few or are they many? And whether the land they live in is it good or bad? And whether the cities they inhabit, are they like camps or are they fortified cities? Uh, and whether the land is rich or poor and whether there are not any forests in it. And then watch this. This is, this is very interesting. This is in verse 20. And be brave and bring back some of the fruit of the land. I, I find that fascinating. And here, here's Moses says, and be brave. I want you to be of courage. Go in there with some unction, my friend, and go in and check out the land 
for the fruit of the land. Now it is the time of the year for the first ripe grapes. So go check out the land, do some reconnaissance, find out what is this land about. We've been gone for 400 years. So we don't know who these inhabitants are and what are they like? What are these people like? Um, also, um, you know, what are some weak points or some strong points? And then be courageous, be strong. God is with you. So verse 21. So they went up and they investigated the land from the wilderness of Zen to Rohab to Lebo to Hamath. And when they, when they up through the Negev, they came to Hebron where Ahaman and Shahi and Tahma, descendants of Annika, were living. Now, Hebron had been built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Again, these are um, the editor is putting this information for us because, again, this is this is uh, after all this has happened. But so the editor is making sure that the audience knows what the what the, the, the landmarks here, you know, where they are. And when they came to the Valley of Eshkol, they cut down from there a bunch with one cluster of grapes and they carried it on the staff between two men because that was how big it was, as well as some pomegranates. You know, pomegranates are a huge thing. Um, and figs, figs, pomegranates, grapes. Uh, again, it's very lush. And that place was called the Eshkol Valley because of the cluster of grapes that the Israelites cut from there. And they returned from investigating the land after 40 days. They were literally out there for 40 days. They were scoping everything out. They were taking detailed notes. It's kind of like Lewis and, you know, Lewis expedition where they checked out the, the Louisiana purchase. And so they're going out, they had these maps and they're writing things down and they're saying, okay, we're going to get this back to Congress and look at this. This is great. And um, so for 40 days, they did all this. They came back, verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and to the whole community of the Israelites in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they reported to the whole community and they showed the fruit of the land. So they, they showed this massive grape that had to be carried by two people. They showed the pomegranates and the fig leaves. And remember, the Israelites have been eating nothing but manna this entire time. All right. So, so grapes sounds like something really good, right? They've just been you know, eating manna, just bread. And uh, actually, we don't know what it was, but it was, it was something very nutritious and delicious. But but they've had to have that constantly over and over and over again. Um, and so they got to taste something different. So they showed it for the land. Verse 27. Watch this. Verse 27. Then they told Moses, we went to the land where you sent us. It is indeed flowing with milk and honey. And this is their fruit. Verse 28. But... My dear brothers and sisters, the inhabitants are strong and the cities are fortified and it's a large and they're very large. And moreover, we saw, what did they see? Descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the land of Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites. They were people who lived in Jerusalem. The Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Oh no, this is terrible. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses, saying, let us go up and occupy it, for we will be well able to conquer it. Verse 31, but the men who gone up with him said, we are not able to go against these people because they're stronger than we are. Then they presented the Israelites with a discouraging report of the land they had been investigating, saying, the inhabitant that we passed through to investigate is a land that devours its people. It's inhabitants. 
All the people we saw there were of great stature. They were all well built, very strong. They were probably all working out. That's all they've been doing over there. The land just gives them fruit and they just go work out. They're in the gym all the time. And these are built, very muscular people. Verse 33, and we even saw the Nephilim there. Oh, no, there it is, the Nephilim. You, know, you guys have to ask the pastor, Stephen, about the Nephilim in, in Genesis, these giants who uh, who come and sleep around with the you know God's daughters. And um, again, we don't know what that is, but they were considered giants and heroes of men come from. Well, they were there too, of course. The Nephilim, the giants are there. Um, and we seemed like grasshoppers both to ourselves and to them. Wow. What an encouraging report um, they give to the whole congregation. They, they said, this is what we found. Yes, they're right. There is opportunity. There's all kinds of fruit and, and honey and milk. And this is where God wants us to go. But, but here's all the problems, folks. Here, look at, there's giants, massive, massive giants all running around. And everybody's really, really build built. They're all muscular. And these are, and they devour people. Now watch this. I'm in verse, I'm sorry, in chapter 14, verse 1. Chapter 14, verse 1. Then all the community raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the Israelites murmured against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, and if only the whole we had perished in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us into this land only to be killed by the sword? All our wives and our children should become plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Oh, why me, Lord? Why? <laughs> A lot of complaining, right? Because things were way better in Egypt, right? Verse 4. So they said to one another, let's appoint a leader and let's go back to Egypt. Wow. They want to go back to slavery. Unbelievable. Then verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell down with their faces to the ground before the whole assembly and community of Israel, the Israelites. And Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunan, two of those who had been investigating the land, tore their garments. And they said to the whole community of Israelites, the land we passed through to investigate is, our, is an exceedingly good land. Exceedingly good. Meyod, meyod. Tov. It's very, very good. So this isn't a question about the land. Yes, the land is good. Yes, it, it, there's all kinds of fruit. It's a perfect farming community. We got we can plant all kinds of things, avocados. We can go ahead and uh, maybe even get some bananas in there and some cash crops. I mean, you can do all kinds of things in this land. Um, verse, uh, verse 8. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land. For they are bread for us. Their protection has turned aside from them, but the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Do not fear them. And what happens? They don't listen. Then 
Moses gets into an argument with God and God's just like, I'm just going to get rid of him. That's it. I'm done. That was like the last straw. It's never good when God says that's the last straw Um, because he's pretty patient, uh, way more patient than any one of us. Uh, So it's never good when God says, I'm done here. Guys, let's just let's just kill them all. Uh, that's never good when God says, we're going to kill everybody here. All right. We're, I'm just going to start anew. We're just going to try. We're going to do this whole thing again. I, I thought we could do this redemption route and the Messiah, but you know what? I don't want to deal with this anymore. And then Moses pleads with him and says, no, 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 don't do this. Not because they're great people, but he says, don't do this because you'll look really bad, God. You don't want people to, to think that you're incapable. I mean, you, you want to tell people that you take care of your people. And if, if you get rid of them, what is that going to say? There's, there's going to be all kinds of rumors. And they're going to say, well, what kind of God is that? They just get rid of his people. And so God, <laughs> so Moses convinces God and not to annihilate the, the Israelites. This is how bad this is. I want to make sure we understand this. This is, this is not good. God, it's never good when God wants to annihilate you. Okay. So that, that's how mad he is. Um, so I, I want to skip down to verse 20. If you're, if you're following along with me, so go back down to verse 20. So again, we're still in chapter 14. Now we're in verse 20. Now I'll, I'll get to my title. Just, just stick with me here. Then the Lord said, I have forgiven them as you asked. Remember, they had this whole discussion. and and uh, But truly, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. For all the people who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and yet have tempted me now these 10 times and have not obeyed me. They will by no means see the land that I have promised an oath to their fathers. See, he's keeping a promise here. Nor will any of them who despise, despise me see it. Verse 24. My servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he had gone and his descendants will possess it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in these valleys. And, and this, is, this is where I'm going to get my title. Tomorrow, Moses. Moses, tomorrow, turn. And I want you to journey back into the wilderness by the way of the sea. And that's my title tonight is Journey into the Wilderness. And that is so sad. I, when I read that, it, it just bothers me that He says, go back into the wilderness. Take them back to where they came from. We see all these opportunities. We see where God wants to take us. And they see all the opportunities that they can do it. They could see where they could live. But but the problems, the obstacles is what prevented them from going into the promised land. And this is a very sad thing. You never want to get to the point where Jesus looks at you and says, you know what? Go back into the wilderness. Go back into wandering. Go back to the desert. Go back to where you came from and just keep wandering around. Keep circling and keep circling because you still are too afraid to move forward with what I have planned for you. See, God had bigger plans for them than they had for themselves. God had something greater in store for them than they had something for themselves. And there were so overwhelmed by the obstacles. They were so overwhelmed by all the problems and all the things that could go wrong and all everything in front of them that they would rather go back into the wilderness, back into the desert and forget where God wants to take them. 
you obviously don't trust me. You obviously don't understand what I have in store for you. You obviously don't see where I'm trying to take you. Maybe, maybe the timing is off. Maybe, maybe I'm pushing you. I don't want to push you. And so God says, you know what? Why don't you go back into the desert? Why don't you keep circling around when you get your life together? And when you see what I have in store for you, when you see where I want to take you, when you see where I want to go with you, because I have great things in store for you, but yet you're still seeing the obstacles. You're still seeing all the problems. You don't see the eternal solution. You don't see the ultimate solution. And that's me. I'm going to walk with you. I will take care of these obstacles. I will come with you and walk with you and we will battle them together. They could not see that. They've walked into the wilderness. They've seen the provisions of the Lord. They've seen how we took care of the, the Egyptian army, a powerful, powerful nation at that time. And yet they still doubt, yet they don't see what God has in store. They were at the promised land. They were looking into it. And what did they say? Take me back. I want to go back to Egypt. I want to go back to, to slavery. Take me back. Shackle me up. I miss the whips. I, I, I miss the mud in my feet. I miss making straw. I would rather do something minimal. I would rather do something insignificant. I would rather go back to the vomit that I came from than to see where God is taking me and where God wants me to go. All I see are obstacles. Maybe we need to shift our perspective and see that God is with us in each obstacle. Maybe we need to shift our perspective and our posture and see God is going to walk with us as we go into this land. You never, ever, ever want to be at the place where God says, go back into the wilderness. Moses, Moses, I, I, had, I had all these big things in store for them. The, the, the houses that are built right now, they don't even have to build their own houses. They just have to push the people out. The, the, the cities are already fortified for them. I was going to move the people out and they could just move right in. Isn't that great? They, somebody else has already built the cities. Somebody else has already plowed the land. It's ready for you. We just have to push the inhabitants out and get rid of them. And you can, you can just move into an already built house. You can go right to the farm. It's already set for you. It's your land. No. No, because God, all we see is the obstacles. All we see is the problems. And here's the sad thing. God says, okay, then go back into the wilderness. And there's some of us right now who are in the wilderness. Some of us have gone back into the wilderness. Some of us have stopped moving forward. Some of us have stopped altogether. And some of us I just don't want to do that, God. Remember, he, he called him. He said, I'm going to be with you. Be, be of good courage. Do you see what's coming? Do you see where I'm taking you? I want to do something great in your life. And, and we just, we just stop. We, no, there's, 
There's all kinds of problems. And what's sad is, is they saw how God took care of them. They actually had battles where God was victorious and, and, and they were victorious and, and God was with them. They saw their capabilities. And that's the sad part is they saw what they could do, but yet they would not go into the promised land. They knew, they knew what they were capable of. But all they could do is tremble. No, 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 no. God, you, you have the wrong people. And guess what? Guess what God does? He sends them not only back into the wilderness. He says, you can die in the wilderness. Or you can go into the promised land. All I see are obstacles. All I see are obstacles. All I see is obstacles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has something greater in store for us, my dear brothers and sisters. God has something better for us. And we are wandering in the desert. And it seems like every time God brings us to a place where he's like, okay, are you ready? Do you want to go in? Are you ready? Are you ready for what I have in store? Are you ready? And we're like, uh, no, 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 no. See, I still need to get my life straight. I'm a mess. You know? So was Moses. If you read the scriptures, everybody I see is a mess. What is God calling you to do? What is he leading you? Where is he taking? Well, it's a lot of work. I don't want that kind of responsibility. I don't want to put all that effort in. I don't want to show up to all the functions and all that stuff. I don't want to be there. Let, Let me just go back and I'll just wander the desert thinking this is all that God has in store for me. And a lot of people do that. I'm not saying they're they're not going to go to heaven. I never said that. I'm just saying in this life, that's all they want. They just want to wander in the desert. Don't go back into the wilderness. Please, my dear brothers and sisters, see where God is taking us. We're coming back here in a few months. God's going to give us a new church, literally. We're getting a brand new church. We have new functions. We have new technologies. New things are happening. We have leadership left and right. We're building things. We're putting things. We're storing things. We're, we're, we're getting curriculum and getting things ready because we know God has something great in store for us. Will you be part of that? Or will you go back into the desert and keep wandering because your life is a mess? Please, please don't be that person where God says, you know what? Go back into the wilderness. Just just go walk around. You know, and here's the interesting thing. God, God took care of them in the wilderness. They wandered around, but God didn't abandon them. God still fed them. God still clothed them. They were just wandering aimlessly, without purpose, just following a cloud. And a fiery pillar, that's all they did for 40 years. I mean, maybe that's the kind of life you want. Maybe you like the idea of just wandering around. Hey, God's still taking care of you. But if you want something more, if you're tired, God, I'm tired. I'm tired 
of having no purpose. I'm tired of just wandering around and I'm tired of just all over the place. You're just scattered. You're just from one thing to the next. You're all over the place. And God just says, focus, focus. Come on, let's go into the promised land. Do you see what's ahead of you? My dear brothers and sisters, do you see what is ahead of us? We're making shifts. We're moving things around. And God is positioning us for something great. We're going to be part of history. Do you want to be part of that? Do you see where God is taking us? Do you see where we're going? Do you see the miraculous happening? It's like God said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead, boost up your technology so you can reach more people. I'm going to give you a new church. I'm going to build up your leadership. And then, boom, I'm going to open everything right back up. God is working behind the scenes. And God has something amazing in store for us. Please stop wandering in the desert. Come join us. Let us conquer this land. There's houses, there's wells that have already been built, ready for us to conquer. Will you be with us? Will you partner with us? Do you see the vision? Do you see where God is taking us? We are going to build churches. We're going to build a great, great congregation of diversity and inclusion, we are going to do some amazing things for the kingdom. Will you partner with us? Will you take ownership of this vision? Will you come to the promised land? And guess what? It's uncomfortable. There's a lot of unknowns. There's, we, we're just gonna have to trust God. We're gonna have to walk in faith. We only have his voice. Is that enough for you? We've been talking about what's in your hand this last week about, you know, is his voice enough or do you, do you have to see more? And, and, and then here we are. Is his voice enough? Will you work and move forward where God is taking us? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God has great things in store for you, my dear brothers and sisters. The problem is you think too small. That's our problem. That's our problem. God dealt with me about that. I was, he said, Arash, you, you think too small. And I'm a pretty, I, I think pretty big stuff. I mean, I'm a, you know, I don't want to brag, but I, you know, I'm a big thinker, but not in God's eyes. God says something bigger than that. That's the case. That's just like God. He always has something bigger. Please, my dear brothers and sisters, don't have God send you back to the wilderness. It's not better there. No, that's no life. There is something better for you. Please. Jesus, Lord, we love you, God. We worship you, Jesus. God, we trust you. Lord, we know, God, you have great things in store for us. God, you have dreams and visions bigger than we have for ourselves. I pray, Lord, let us not focus on the obstacles. But Lord, let us see that you are with us. You're walking with us. 
And let us not, God, trust our own instincts, but let us trust your voice. Let us, God, be led by you. I pray that you touch our congregation, God, that you touch my dear brothers and sisters, Lord, and where they're at, God. And, and Lord, the questions they have, Lord, and the doubts they have about themselves and the, the doubts they have for their dreams and their plans that you have for them. I pray, God, that you, God, move that doubt aside. And Lord, plant, God, faith that it will prosper, that we will plant. And Lord, that you are going to give the increase. Oh, we are so excited, God. We trust you, Jesus. We lean on you, Lord. We pray in your precious name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, please, again, partner with us. Um, like and share these videos so we can reach more people. Um, also, partner with us in giving. Um, NewarkUPC.info. That's kind of where a lot of our information is. You can do prayer requests. Um, and then please don't forget, we are going to have communion service for Easter. Um, and then you don't want to miss that. It's going to be a great service. So please, you know, have, um, have things ready for yourself before we, we do participate in communion with one another. Um, looking forward to seeing you all uh, this week. Enjoy your Sabbath and we will see you tomorrow night at seven. God bless.